Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Thursday, September 21st, 2023. And our top story today, is there retirement fatigue on Capitol Hill? Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Jennifer Flitton is the head of U.S. Government Relations for Invesco. Jen, it's always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us in the program this morning. Thanks for having me. Always love to catch up with you. And and look, Secure, Secure 2.0, read a lot about a lot of bills in Congress. But I have to ask you, is there retirement fatigue on Capitol Hill these days? I wouldn't call it fatigue. I think there are a number of members, those on the committees of jurisdiction primarily, who are um, very closely watching the implementation right now of 2.0 because there was a lot of uh, language in that bill, 50, over 50 different provisions, and uh, in you know in encouraging uh, DOL and Treasury and IRS to implement it as Congress intended is their primary focus right now, and we saw that most recently with the catch-up contribution delay, right? So in ensuring that that is done um, according to the intent of Congress and also concerned about how their bill that they championed is being implemented, I think is their their first course of business. But if, if you look up retirement policy on the Hill right now, you'll see that there's still a lot that's that's being introduced by some of the new champions of the committees. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But I want to ask you about you know, I asked you about retirement fatigue, and I understand that there's the implementation on secure. And by the way, I think everyone in our industry very excited about that to watch that un- unfold. But what about we've read about, we've heard about, and this is something that gets kicked around. I feel like every year the solvency of Social Security that's retirement, and it's projected to become insolvent in the next decade. So that to me is a, a big retirement um, p- idea and concept. That's probably something that's really being talked about on the Hill. Yeah, I, I think over the next decade, retirement policy and retirement reform will be discussed within the context of Social Security, that third leg of the stool. Because we're facing this demographic shift in our society that, that we knew was coming, um, we just don't have enough people paying into Social Security that are currently retired and using the, the, the program. And so as you stated, the actuaries have uh, told us that we expect um, some insolvency issues as early as 2034. They upped that a year due to some of the inflationary pressures. And so earlier this year, you saw a gang of like 14 senators, Republican and Democrats, start to have conversations about this. Now that was put on the back burner a little bit due to some of the debate around the debt ceiling, but that's coming back. And uh, Senator Cassidy, Senator Rounds, Senator King, I mean, these are some of the voices, Senator Kane, who are clearly um, taking the opportunity when they go on, you know, the Sunday shows and they go on the cable stations to really discuss this and bring it to the front of the forum. And, and I would add they're bringing it to BRN, too. But that's a whole nother whole nother issue, Jen. Um, and to that to that point, Senator uh, Ben Cardin announced that he's retiring Senator Rob Portman of Ohio has already retired. Let's talk about who is going to champion retirement. Who's going to step up? Those two gentlemen, I think all of us in the retirement industry and and around the retirement ecosystem, in all those two gentlemen and the 
great work they did and the leadership they did working together because they're from two different political parties. So, Jen, who who ultimately is going to stand up and, and take and, and, and take the mantle? Yeah, you're right. They have been our champions over the last 20 years. And Portman, Senator Portman of Ohio retired um, last Congress. And I would say Senator Cassidy, who is the ranking member of the Senate Help, Help is the Committee of Jurisdiction over Labor and ERISA Law. And he also sits on Senate Finance. So he really has a nice um, breadth of jurisdiction. And he has taken the mantle really and picked up the torch here and is carrying it on behalf of re retirement policy and being that champion. There are other Republicans as well. Um, Senator Scott, um, who is currently running for president uh, and, and others, I would say Senator Todd Young. Um, but on the Democratic side, I think you know, with Mr. Cardin retiring at the end of next year, we're already seeing Senator Murray, Patty Murray, um, Senator Kane, and Senator Angus King. I, I think there are others who are really um, eager to get into this fight and discuss the next 10 years of retirement reform and, again, Social Security insolvency issues. Yeah, really important. And we're looking, I can't wait to see who takes the, uh, the mantle because this is such an important issue, as you said, because our society like other societies around the world, are, is aging. Well, Jen, we're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about CITs and auto IRAs and a lot more. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on DRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Jennifer Flitton, the head of U.S. government relations for Invesco. Jen, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, this is fun. I, I, I love kind of going around the, the world when it comes to retirement legislation. I want to start off this segment with a real a favorite of mine, something I've been watching very closely, and that is parity in 403B plans. And what I mean by that are collective 
investment trusts. Well, currently, they're not allowed in 403B plans, but they're allowed in 401k, governmental 457. Jen, any update on whether or not this one will make it through the Congress? So you may remember, uh, as originally drafted, Secure 2.0 uh, in its form um, coming out of House Ways and Means Committee did have this language included. And it did, the, the tax language actually survived through the, the 2.0 into law, but the SEC exemptive language, which really gives the parity to the 401ks, that was excluded. And that's due to some objections at the SEC. But there is new legislation. It's been marked up in the House Financial Services Committee that actually has jurisdiction over this issue. And it passed on a bipartisan vote out of markup in May, I want to say, and by a 35 to 12 vote. And that's that's pretty strong bipartisanship. It's not full full bipartisanship um, that we saw with SECURE and the way that SECURE has passed, um, but that's due to some of the discussions and debate among um, those who are sort of carrying the water for the SEC. So what we'll see is once the House is able to create floor time for some of these capital markets bills, the 403B CIT bill included, um, Chairman McHenry will bring it to the floor. Yeah. And, and look, I, I think there are a lot of people watching that plan sponsors, uh, obviously people within our industry that build collective investment trusts. I, you know, I just sit outside kind of scratching my head like, come on. I mean, why not? Why would you not have parity? But that's just my own personal view. Jen, let's switch to state auto IRA programs because these these programs, uh, several states have picked up the mantle uh, when it comes to these programs. They're showing some level of success and there's now talk about almost like a federal umbrella. It's something gets talked about, uh, I think it was talked about several years ago, but now there's talk about a federal umbrella over these plans that would be similar to the federal TSP, which I think everyone knows is like the largest defined contribution plan in the, in the, in the world, really, in terms of assets and number of participants. So where do things stand with that? Could we see a, you know, a federal approach to auto IRAs? Well, we certainly have legislation um, that, it, that has bipartisanship. It's bipartisan and bicameral. In the Senate, it's, it was introduced by Hickenlooper and Senator Tillis. And in the House, it was introduced by Sewell and Smucker. So you have those who sit on the committees of jurisdiction uh, who are interested in the idea, in the proposal, um, theoretically by some... Um, um, idea. I think you'll have some Republicans who are going to be drawn to it, but generally the majority of Republicans, when it comes to creating a new federal program and in some ways a new dependency from the federal government, you're just going to have some ideological differences. So so while I think there's some openness by some um, Republicans to debate the idea and have a discussion, at least, uh, I think you'll see that um, it's not going to fly with a number of Republicans. And so this will probably um, very quickly get weighed down by that partisanship angle. And not only that, Republicans aren't typically in favor of, of federal preemption of when, especially when you have states that are already in the process of creating a solution, they don't usually want to step in front of that with a federal solution. 
Yeah, states are the laboratories of democracy. Uh, let's talk about retirement modernization. And, and what I mean by this is the inclusion of items like private markets, digital currencies uh, it, within the defined contribution plan. And, and you know, is there any um, update on that? And, and what can we expect with the inclusion of alternative investments potentially in DC plans? Because a lot of plan sponsors, a lot of uh, people, clearly people in our industry are, are really advocating for this. So any latest updates there? Yeah, and, and this really is another fairly partisan issue at this at this point in the debate, but we are at the beginning of that discussion. There is a real interest to see DC plans have access to what DB plans already have access to. And that's sort of uh, the way that it's being couched by those who are proponents of expanding into alt investments um, for DC plans. And we saw that with the Toomey bill uh, last Congress. Toomey and Scott introduced it in the Senate. Um, Tim Scott is still in the Senate. He's running for president right now, and he's also the ranking member of the Senate Banking Committee, but Senator Toomey has resigned. And so we haven't seen a true champion of that come out of the woodwork yet, um, partially due to divided government. I think, no, you know, it really was more of a messaging bill at that, at that point, but dependent on perhaps a you know, switch in party at the SEC, you could potentially see a chairman who would be interested in this. I know that um, former chairman Jay Clayton and some of his staff were starting to play around with this idea towards the end of his chairmanship during the Trump administration. Um, there will be greater discussion about expanding that accredited investor definition. And there's already legislation that Chairman McHenry and the Financial Services Committee has championed. He will bring that to the, the floor at some point um, by the end of the year that his, his, his intention, this is one of his top priorities up there with digital assets in general. Um, so I, I think we're really at the beginning of that, that debate, but I would expect to hear more over the next few years. Yeah, well, there's certainly a lot on the plate of the Congress and the Senate. Retirement to me is a big issue, I think, for a lot of Americans. I think we're going to have to see how things unfold in the next six to 12 months. Jen, always great to take a tour around Capitol Hill with you. Great to see you. And thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRNAM. We'll have a very special guest and a great topic. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere and on any device.